Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at a new series here on Fusion Patrol. We've gone back to our roots. It's been uh, over 10 years that we've been on the air. And when we started off, we were looking at some really bad stuff from the 1970s American television. And we've decided to, uh, to honor that by picking up with a 1975 NBC TV series, The Invisible Man, starring David McCallum. Uh, of, um, our listeners will know of him from his time on Sapphire and Steel as the enigmatic Steel. Uh, here, he is not. <laughs> and we'll be looking at the pilot movie tonight, entitled The Invisible Man. We start mid-story. With an invisible man, Daniel Weston, sneaking into a hospital, finding the information on a plastic surgeon currently in the operating theater, and sitting down in the gallery, watching him work. With nothing better to do while waiting, he takes the opportunity to narrate the story thus far. Dan Weston and his wife Kate are both research PhDs working on a top-secret project at the Clay Corporation. They have spent a million and a half dollars and eight months attempting to develop a device to instantaneously teleport matter from one place to another. However, his work is a complete failure. He does have something to show for it, though, and although reluctant to give a demo before the process is stable, he concedes to giving a demo to the man who gets him his money. What he has developed is temporary invisibility of matter, both living and non-living. While the process doesn't currently last but a few hours, the potential overjoys his boss, Walter Carlson, who sees the enormous weapons potential in the process. The military will be barfing money at them for this process. Hold on there a minute, Walter. I am a principled scientist, and you promised me that all my research would only be used for good, non-weapons purposes. Name one. Well, uh, I can't, but, but there must be something. No military. Carlson backs down and promises no military. But when he leaves the room, he immediately calls the military. Weston's next development is a serum that can return an invisible animal to visibility on demand. That night, he can't sleep, his mind racing with ideas. He heads back into the lab, and he makes himself invisible. Kate is furious with his irresponsible action, but it seems it works, and Carlson is overjoyed. With this incredible success, it's time Dan finds out where the money has been coming from all along. The military. Shocked, Dan refuses to do any more work, and Carlson has the couple barred from the facility and escorted off the premises. That night, Carlson's assistant, Steiner, tries to make Dan see sense. He points out that Carlson has him watched by agents and his phone tapped. He has to play ball, but he won't. That night, he breaks into the lab, makes himself invisible, grabs a supply of the serum, and destroys the equipment, escaping into the night. He returns to visibility, but his house has been overrun by Carlson's people. He takes a hotel room, and he calls to let Kate know he's fine. But he isn't fine. For he suddenly starts to disappear again, and this time, the serum doesn't work. Naked and invisible, he heads out in search of his old friend, Dr. Maggio, plastic surgeon. Along the way, he tries to force a blind man to feed him and let him wait out the night indoors. What he gets is a bullet from the feisty old man. Now wounded, he finally reaches the hospital where Maggio works. Flashback ends. After surgery and outside, he accosts Maggio, who had an inkling of Dan's work. He takes him home, tends his wounds, and then devises a plan to make Dan the most amazing mask and gloves ever devised. 
wearing them, it will be almost impossible to tell that he is the Invisible Man. First, he returns to Kate, and the disguise works until she touches his hands and face and she knows what he's done. He admits he has no choice but to go back to Carlson and ask to continue his research. He does, but he does not let Carlson know he's invisible. Carlson is skeptical, but he'll give him a chance. Back at the Weston home, Kate and Dan are taken prisoner by Steiner and some fine folks that he sold out to. For $10 million, he's going to turn Dan over to another interested party. On the way, Dan shucks his clothes, captures the van, and he and his wife escape. Leaving his wife off to go get help, Dan appears to be killed in a car accident, which also kills the bad guys. As the show ends, Dan reveals to Carlson and his wife that he's alive, and he'll start work again soon. After his wife and he go back home for a little invisible-on-visible sexual action. The end. Oh, the invisible man. David McCallum. I kind of remember this show, but I don't remember it very well. I when have. I was a kid. Uh, the only memory I have of this program was seeing write-ups about it in Starlog. And they were like some production shots of the set, an actor, and then some poor guy in a blue suit with clothes over his, his suit. That was probably mm-hmm. David McCallum or Stand-In or something like that. And uh, that's it. That's all I remember. And what I thought was the uh, the Invisible Man was actually Gemini Man, as you pointed right. out. And then, of course, I had to go and look for that, and I regret That was it. a mistake, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. And I remember why I liked it, because uh, there's quite a bit of airplanes in it, and I like airplanes. And when I was uh, six and a half, I liked airplanes a lot, yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know, I remember the Gemini Man as well, and my recollection is that I liked the Gemini Man better. They're, they're very much contemporaries. But, um, yeah, I, I I don't remember a lot about this show. I have a I have an inkling that it will be less science fiction. I mean, assuming we consider it science fiction now, which I think I think the notion of making a man invisible is science fiction premise. Yeah. Going beyond that, I I kind of vaguely remember he's a secret agent, but that's about the best best I can say. So, um, what did you think of it? It was uh, the first episode was a lot better than what I was expecting from 1975. Uh, it didn't look as uh, cheap and formulaic as other shows. Uh, okay, you know. Uh, Example would be Gemini Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that had airplanes and it had like underwater stuff, which apparently was pretty cutting edge at the time. But the rest of it just looked like it was thrown together. Um, this seemed to be a lot better thought out. I mean, the set they had for the lab was pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, they had a big old gadget there that had red <laughs> lights on it and stuff. And, you know, and an old teletypewriter keyboard and a console that looks like it was, you know, plausibly usable oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, uh, totally fake. Uh, the The house set was uh, pretty good. However, it did look kind of out of place in California. I'm going to assume they're in California. Uh, yeah, that style of architecture looks more New England, but I guess that was the part of the the back lot that they were using. That's just my guess. They, it could be. <laughs> it could be. There, there are some surprisingly older looking home areas in Los Angeles, but yeah, I'm a red brick with uh, you know white Federalist type. Architecture yeah, it, accents. it definitely did feel <laughs> till a uh, lot bound. I'll I'll go with yeah. that. Um, I you know, and I I'm having difficulty determining here whether this was made as a pilot or whether this was made as a TV movie. Hmm. It feels like a TV movie. Like we weren't necessarily thinking we were going to make a series out of this. Yeah, yeah. It it that was that's probably why it had that higher. Uh, higher quality, more polished look to it. That's just yeah. my guess. That that would be my guess. It feels it feels like that, and uh, so they can. I wouldn't say that they they didn't they didn't finish it because in the end he's still invisible. Mm-hmm. So they've left it open clearly. Well, but it know, did feel like son of the Invisible Man. 
<laughs> the semi-visible man. Uh, <laughs> the worst of both worlds. <laughs> really? It's like, uh, how come my bones are visible? <laughs> Daddy, I don't, I don't feel too well. Yes, son, I can see that. Swallow your Tonka truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, with, with one major exception hmm. that even bothered me all the way back back then, I thought the invisible effects were, were passable. Oh, yeah. Actually, they were pretty good. Um, the exception is, of course, the back of his turtleneck sweater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's is like, always okay, I'm just going to ignore that. Yeah. You're not seeing through him. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the little hand wavium of how come I can't see this going into you? Yeah. Oh, because as soon as it enters my body, it becomes invisible. Right. Right. Why is that? <laughs> it's like how how how? Yeah. If the premise is that your body, the matter in your body, has been changed, what difference does it make if it's behind you or just behind your? lips for example goes into your mouth right right i mean so this means he could be like holding a set of car keys and he could cup his hands around them and they are completely invisible now right I, you know that makes perfect sense yeah, that makes so, perfect sense to me yeah and i don't did he do any yeah he held a cup and it didn't do that so i'm guessing that that was not the blue screen man holding a cup that was in fact a cup on a string yeah, or... Uh, a puppeteer, a cuppeteer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cup would have a, a blue rod coming out of the back, and they drop that out. Yep. Yeah, that could be. That mm-hmm. could be. Now, I uh, read that they used a particular type of a... Uh, let's see. Blue screen. They Yes. Uh, the series was shot on film. This is from Wikipedia. But the blue screen mm-hmm. special effects were shot on video using Image 655, a special 24 frame per second 655 line video system based on a modified NTSC camera and videotape recorders, as this was much cheaper and faster than using traditional film-based blue screen effects. And then mm-hmm. the videotape effect was shot and transferred to film and edited into the finished episodes. And you can kind of spot it. Uh, yeah, sometimes you can see that... Like in the van. The contrast of him and everything else doesn't quite look right. It's a little bit uh, uh, lower than everything else around him. But, you know, from you know, back at the time, that was... Well, it's a good job. Pretty good, yeah. That was a pretty good... Yeah. Uh, it'll be and interesting think, when they get on a series uh, schedule and budget, whether it continues that way, but... Uh, yeah, with... Uh, if that did actually keep the cost down and, you know, the speed of production up, then, yeah, they could actually pull off, a you know, a number of invisible effects per episode. Yeah, and also the uh, some of the physical gags, uh, you know, with, with uh, things floating and stuff like that are pretty well done. Yes, I think the ones that bugged me the most were the footsteps, which just never... They just don't look natural. Yeah. And like sitting in the chair. You know, actually, um, I, I like the chair bit. That it's like, hmm, so wonder how they actually rigged that chair up. You know, they've got some cables in there and a plate and they pull it down so it looks like he's sitting. Okay, not bad. It unfortunately doesn't look like somebody's sitting it. It just like there's some random weight on there. He could be standing on it. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like he and and it's not how do I say this? It's not timed right. So like when he sits down yeah. in a chair, his butt makes an imprint and then his back makes an imprint. And yes, that is how you sit in a chair, right? Your your weight goes on the bottom first and then you lean back usually. Yeah. But the delay was wrong. Yeah, and you kind of roll into it. You don't just plop right down and go back. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it was at first I thought, well, that's just, oh, oh, well, no, it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know how it would, I don't know how you would do it correctly, but I know looking at it, it was wrong. Yeah. I could feel it was wrong instinctively. It just, it's just like when the footsteps are walking along, even though there's no feet, it's like, they're not the right speed. They're not the right distance. The pace isn't right. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't 
look right. It 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 has that sort of, you know, like in, in a, a cartoon where they're driving along in a car and somebody's hanging outside the car with two fake feet and they're <laughs> going thump, 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 thump to make fake footprints along the way. Yeah. It has that feel to it still. Yeah. Even though it's, yeah, it's a car anyway. Also had Jackie uh, Cooper, right? Relatively famous guy. Yeah. Playing the yeah. part uh, of of Walter Carlson, the the unsympathetic boss mm-hmm. <laughs> of, the, of the show. Um, I, I I'm 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 seriously wondering. I know that when we were doing Man from Atlantis, uh, we were pressed to to get full hours out of the discussion because a lot of them <laughs> don't have a lot of depth. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, the man from Atl- uh, the man from Atlantis, the invisible man from Atlantis. Uh, there you go. I think may, there was an episode about that. I think so. I'm going to go swimming. Oh, I want to see that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I wonder what that would do to the refraction of light. Well, it depends well, on how much cool. handwasium is involved. Uh, yes. Oh, I mean, there's you know, none. So, you know. Um, feels very 1970s oh yeah. yeah i think in particular the you know i won't work for the military that was a very very 1970s attitude and i'm not saying that that mm-hmm. it, it's gone away but you know if you were in the 1960s it was a privilege to be working for the military and keeping our boys safe and and protecting the world but in the 1970s, post Nam, post Watergate, yeah, that was an, th- inter- is... an easy trope to uh, to use with uh, you know keeping making making the, the government look like the bad guys. Yeah, and and so you know selling I won't do out this. the man. But I I I really genuinely loved I loved the scene where he says. You promised me my stuff would be this. I want to use invisibility <laughs> for non-military purposes. And he just says, name one. And he cannot. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I wish you would have said something like, uh, special effects in movies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, oh, wait, wait. Don't break that wall down. No. It's um, 1970s. Can't do that yet. Yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And, and later, but I will carry this a step further. I love the fact that he's so disturbed by it that he can't sleep at night, work and, and, and distracted on his date with his wife and everything, because he's trying to figure out a way not only to make it you know, more stable, but also to mm-hmm. find a applications, use for it. Practical applications, practical applications, yeah. Non-med- or non-military applications, yeah. We just make somebody invisible. Give him a serum that only works on cancer cells. The cancer will appear and that we'll know, which is actually pretty good. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I think they do. Uh, there's something they're trying to do with that now. And I can't remember what it is, but there's some sort of way that that they're working in a system to try to not make people invisible. But but that would make the cancer visible to like an X-ray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, there's ways like if the particular cancer cells will say have, uh, oh, they absorb potassium a lot better than than other cells. You could give the patient uh, an isotope of potassium and that would show up in, uh, in, in, uh, you know, radiographs or or some other sort of uh, uh, visual inspection. Yeah, Yeah. it would, imaging. Medical imaging, yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, that would show up, and yeah, that's stuff like that's kind of been used. I, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember exactly. I can't remember what they're trying one, to though. do, but I remember there was something about a way of they're trying to do something that would specifically a chemical that would specifically target cancer cells that would then make it detectable in some way. But I cannot, for the life of me, say what it is. But right, but yeah, this is this is our man desperately trying to come up with something. But yeah, I mean, what what is there? <laughs> what what else is there? You're invisible. What what is it? What could it be used for that wouldn't be for evil? And and you know, let, not trying to pick on the military there, but let's let's go evil as in violence or shoplifting 
or uh, although you know you can't shoplift because whatever you take would would be visible unless you shoved it up your uh you cupped it in your hands that's what you do yeah, you cupped only it in steal your small hand. things <laughs> right you're, you're very very yeah. small things um and uh <laughs> mm-hmm. but now so here's a question mm-hmm. okay if you had a bag like a big carpet bag yeah and you made the carpet bag invisible uh-huh. and you put something in the carpet bag and you closed it would it, it should be, be invisible based on the western principle of invisibility yeah. okay yep exactly so then that would be okay he just makes some visible bags sure you could make them out of leather or something like that i don't know yeah depends on well it, it obviously works on non-organic yeah, on, material so right. yeah you could do that the difference was that he could not develop a serum that worked on the inorganic material right so it's going to be invisible for x number of hours or permanently depends on what happens yeah, I wonder if I wonder if just making it invisible twice yeah. is what causes it to stay invisible forever. And he just never tried that. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> like, I don't oh, know. His I'm his uh I'm gonna use myself as a guinea pig thing was was pretty irrational, but you know Oh yeah, his testing protocols do seem to be uh, a little bit uh Yeah. And fortunately his wife was really pissed off at him. I agree. As she yeah. should have been. Yeah. Man. I agree. That was that was saying. Uh, there's another thing about about him that's I think weird. It's shorthand, and I'll, I guess I'll forgive them for it. But wow, man, brilliant physicist, obviously brilliant physicist. Mm-hmm. Also, serum developing bio, oh, whatever yeah. the heck he is. Yeah, exactly. To be working on that, that that is that is he's an all rounder. Exactly. That is he's a. Uh polymath that that part that right term yeah well poly something poly, uh, yeah, exactly poly, polyglot uh no it's not a polyglot <laughs> it's uh polywog no <laughs> poly uh, anyway. yeah, yeah exactly man of many disciplines yeah so very very impressed with mr dr weston uh, yeah in his ability one thing i'm i'm a little a little less impressed by was their understanding of money in this How so? story. Well, you've got a brilliant physicist. And it's 1975. So, you know, well, let's make some let's make some allowances, right? I mean, it was mm-hmm. only in 1972 that it cost six million dollars to make a bionic man. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we take a brilliant physicist, put him in a lab, give him 1.5 million dollars over eight months. And the lazy slacker hasn't come up with teleportation yet. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, exactly, yeah. What, what, what were the reasonable expectations of the Clay Corporation on teleportation? I mean, come on, man, eight months. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the holdup here? <laughs> you need to produce. Yeah, here. exactly. I, I thought that part was was utterly ridiculous, right? I mean, if they said, you know... Dan, we've spent a hundred million dollars, and you've been working on this for ten years on teleportation. Uh, that one I could see, maybe, but eight months and one point five million, especially when considering the foreign power was willing to give Steiner ten million dollars just to kidnap Weston. Yeah, like, huh? Yeah. Not really thinking you should be quibbling over the over the you know the 1.5 mil um at that i thought was distinctly weird because they also had both those numbers in there well, and the other Carlson thing is cheap yeah and the other <laughs> thing that really got me was when he when he zaps the pen and carlson sees his pen disappear yeah and he goes this 1.5 million dollars eight months and all you have is a matter disintegrator? The Russians have had that for eight months. I know. The U.S. military's like, got three generational prototypes on this, or has three generations of this weapon, and the French are going to have it any day now. Pfft, give me something I can use here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different world they live in. <laughs> it, it apparently was. <laughs> yeah. So, apparently was. What do you need an invisible man for if you have a matter disintegrator? <laughs> 
I know. That, that would be kind of cool to have. I think of a lot of uses non-military for that one. Political. I can think of some very good political well, uses. I'm thinking construction, but yeah. <laughs> oh, well, if you're going to... I know, the whole practical and stuff. Mm. But, uh, Make for some nifty magic tricks. <laughs> or so it being invisible. Yeah. Yes, it would. Yes, yes. It I am so happy that the Clay Corporation is in Los Angeles and not, like, North Dakota. Okay, why? Uh, can you imagine being the invisible man running around in North Dakota? Yeah, you wouldn't last very long in the winter. Or no. the spring, or the fall, come to think of it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and he's like, "Oh, I'm freezing." I'm like, I know. "Really? That's Los Angeles?" That nobody I mean, really, nobody really mentions that. It's like, okay, so he's actually he's gallivanting around the place, totally nude. Totally nude. Sure, you can't see him, but he's not wearing anything. I actually, okay. uh, actually, some morals group did protest the really? show on the grounds that wow. the hero was naked. Wow! Yes. And they could. I don't see know him. about the pilot That's movie, awesome. but when they get to the series, uh, oh wow! Yeah. But yeah, there you know, is Los that. Angeles is is. It can be, it can be chilly, and so if this yeah. was the dead of the winter, okay, fine, I suppose. But exactly, it's very convenient. Yeah, this is this this <laughs> is definitely a very less practical in certain parts of the world. Well, we have invisible men in Russia, but turns out they die. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> very, very <quickly>. limited use. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um. Let's see. He goes to visit his friend, Dr. Uh, is it Maggio? Maggio, yeah. I believe. Nick Maggio. Uh, played here by uh, Henry Darrow, is it? I believe it's mm -hmm. Henry Darrow. Um, who is a character actor you see around a lot of... I have a feeling he might have been the star of... The secondary star of Flying Nun. It seems to be where I'm recalling his face from. But uh, hmm. could be be wrong there anyway um he weird thing to the structure of this story he's in his he's doing his plastic surgery right and they finish and the other surgeon says you did some you did some good work there nick and he says i could have done great work there if i could have used my dermaplast yeah that's what it was called it dermaplast derma dermaperm dermaplast some, Dermaplex. Dermaplex? Maybe Dermaplex. Dermaplex. That's it. Dermaplex. Dermaplex. Yes, that's it. I actually wrote it down here, but I didn't highlight it. Yeah, Dermaplex. And he goes, well, you know, maybe someday. We're not ready for that. Ta da ta da ta da ta da Okay. So we're setting it up. This Dermaplex is some really cool stuff. It's, a, it's an amazing skin graft technique. So then we get through narration. We get a little bit of information that Nick Maggio is the only person, assuming apart from his wife, I presume, that he has given an inkling of what he has stumbled upon. So his mm -hmm. friend is not entirely surprised when he turns up invisible. It's like, oh, you did it. Amazing. Yeah. And he goes back and he says, look, I need your help. I thought you could use this Dermaplex stuff that you've developed to make me, you know, think. And, and the beauty of it is he says, no. So no, I can't. That's surgical stuff. Not, not, there's nothing I can do there for you. Mm -hmm. um, but I can use some other stuff and I can make you a mask. And I'm kind of wondering what was the whole point of building up the Dermaplex if I think, they were really using I the, it. I think the Dermaplex, he used the Dermaplex, but in a slightly different ratio uh, because it it looked just like human skin. I guess it kind of felt like that, or it breathed, so uh, it, it, you know, it would it wouldn't cause him to sweat that much. But yeah, I, I, it, it's it's just yeah, it was somehow really derived off the dermaplex. But at the same yeah. time, it seemed kind of weird that they even bothered to have the scene where he kind of builds it up in the operating room. It's like you, you make it sound like a, a miracle wonder. I, I don't know. It, it just kind of, it was still Yeah, weird. but also, you know, why do they have the uh, the, the Frankenstein-like uh, scene with the, the blind man? Kill a little time? Yeah, exactly. Kill a little time. Maybe that's what the whole Dermaplex thing was. They, they need, needed, uh, you know, this fancy thing for uh, them not to just say it's a latex mask. <laughs> yeah, it's I guess. It's a special it's latex gotta, it's mask. Gotta be, it's gotta be believable. Yeah, it's gotta it's be... Up. 
Hitechium. Better better than than the masks they use on Mission Impossible. Exactly. Yes. And um, or that Man from Uncle show. Yeah. Oh wait. So, let, <laughs> so let's let's talk about the the conceit of the mask. Obviously, this does not hold up. Not for a second. E- even if he were able to make the material. Right. Did he shave his head? Um, I don't know. Maybe he's got like some sort of a bald cap or yeah, maybe, you know, maybe in a scene we didn't see, it was just deemed that it was better for him just to shave his head. And, uh, you know, when he, uh, Mr. You know, Mr. Shaggy head, he already had a huge head of hair. Right. And then they put a hair piece on him that is a huge head of hair. Yes. And I'm thinking if he has to shave twice a day, I'm pretty sure he's going to have to cut the hair off. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, the hair doesn't grow as fast as the beard, so he's lucky there. Yeah. But, and then they have these amazing contact lenses. Oh, God, those look terrifying. They did. Jeez. They did. Anybody who's ever worn contact lenses would know that's not what contact lenses look like. And... (laughs) Well, I don't know. I, I didn't actually look up what, you know, full Scalera uh, 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 contact look like. But, yeah, those look pretty pretty nasty. Th- those look big. I, I, have, I saw a picture once of the ones they made Bill Bixby wear mm-hmm. for the Incredible Hulk or, or Lou Ferrigno, for that matter, uh, which, you know, turned the, turned the eyes that greenish-white color. Uh, and they were glass back then. Yep. And they were apparently really, they're big and they're really uncomfortable, but I don't yeah. think they were that big. And, you know, there's the bigger they get, the more likely they are to slip and cut something you don't want cut. <laughs> so that was, that was terrifying. The fact that he was able to have them made in a day was impressive. Yeah. And... Then, of course, he also had to have teeth caps made mm-hmm. so that you could see. It. So they explained everything that that they explained everything in that scene that you needed to know. I mean, he, he went into great detail. I put pores in this and, uh, you know, every detail and the eyelashes and the whole nine yards. This is a this is an amazing mask. And then at the end of the episode in the van, Dan pulls off the mask his eyes disappear, his teeth disappear. Yeah. Everything's gone. You know, back when I was a lot younger, I had hard contact lenses. And uh, yeah, they they were uncomfortable at first. Uh, you know, I got used to wearing them fairly quickly. But they were tiny, teeny they were tiny, tiny things compared, compared to, to those the, things. Oh. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I'm calling up some pictures of uh, contact lenses from, oh, good grief. 1887? Oh, man. Oh, those are big and glass. But they aren't the same shape as the ones in the show, I'll tell you that. No, 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 no. No, they couldn't be. Those were were evil. Yeah. But, of course, in the future, his eyes and his teeth will just be part of the mask from now on. Because literally what we saw. Mm -hmm. And he also doesn't wear socks or underwear, apparently. (laughs) Oh, you know, it's just faster that way. Yeah. Uh, well, I still have my invisible underwear. I didn't lose that. I kept. <laughs> I'm not letting go. Could we just? Could we just make me some invisible clothes? You know, rebuild the invisible <laughs> machine and make me some invisible clothes that I could wear, or at least a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> Something. A robe. My invisible yeah, robe. That exactly. would be fine. Visible shoes would be nice because you know his feet are gonna get really ripped up yeah. quick. At least, at least some sort uh, of slipper. Yeah. Right. Honey, honey, did you see where I left my robe? Oh, God. No. Yeah. You can imagine that. <laughs> you imagine tripping over it? Uh, yeah. Ouch. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it will be interesting to see how rapidly they completely and utterly forget, because they already did it in this episode, that that is actually contact lenses, two separate ones, teeth, and a hairpiece. <laughs> Plus a mask and gloves. Um, yeah, I, I kind of read ahead a little bit on some of the episodes. And yeah, it... it's It becomes just... <laughs> Mission yeah, Impossible I, the, mask. The, 
yeah, the mask and the the hairpiece are pretty much one thing now. And granted, and you know, after a while of using it, maybe he goes back to his buddy and gives him some pointers, and he comes up with you know revision two or revision ten, and comes up with a much better system of of uh, of having all of it work right. You know. Well, I think he's gonna have to. His friend's gonna have a full time job if he keeps leaving his. Uh, mask and gloves behind in vans that get blown up <laughs> yeah he's gonna have to have, have a couple spares made <laughs> i can also envision you know somebody once made this crack about uh like with spider-man and superman right or the flash it's like when they take off their clothes and they have their uniform underneath what happens to their clothes mm-hmm. and they all have something you know spider-man webs up a little sack and sticks it underneath a building and he retrieves it later yeah. And Superman has such incredible powers that he's got a pocket in his cape that he can hyper compress his clothes and stick in there. And I forget what the flash was, but it's something equally ludicrous. But the Isn't invisible his man, ring or something like that? He's got something in his ring that I was thinking out. his suit was in the ring. Yeah, his suit's in the ring. That's it. I remember. A, but I don't a, know what happens to his clothes. Ah, uh, he, he vibrates them so quickly they incinerate in a flash of light. I don't know. Could and then be. He, put, he puts them on at the same time? I don't know. Could be. But the Invisible Man has not got any of that. He has got, you know, the only he's, way he's he can SOL. hide something is to insert it in his body somewhere. Ouch. And I don't think that's going to work for his shoes. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, I'm envisioning I'm envisioning a pile of snake skins and clothes left behind. Ew. When he's on secret service missions. <laughs> well, you figure that the Clay Corporation and the uh, the the yeah, they can U.S. government to are going to be forking out enough money for this espionage stuff that uh, they apparently have a, a natural spy uh, who's fortunate enough to become invisible uh, working for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think uh, you think that that they like send him to. Quantico for some training or something like that. I don't I mean, know. We'll find out next time, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would hope so. It's like, okay, well, this guy's going to be an operative, and he's got a really, very, you know, really unique skill set. So maybe we should train him up on some espionage. You know, well, stuff it's not the like they can teach using. him to use a gun or a knife because he can't carry him with him. True, true. But he could learn other things. But I, I guess hand to hand combat. Yeah, yeah, there, there you go. He could, uh, yeah. he could go do stuff like. Uh, fire walking and toughen up the soles of his feet yes yes i think that, that one i think i would definitely be working on toughening up the soles of my feet yep. if i were in that situation yeah just a um, uh, general physical uh uh fitness there and uh you know other other bits of of uh spy craft you know trailing people and other stuff that spy do yeah people do them yeah <laughs> espionage general espionage 101 yeah send them over there for a quick course and you'll be all set Oh, oh, like there's a, like there's a class in that. <laughs> you're just a natural or you're not. I mean, yeah, exactly. that's the way it is. Yep. I do. Uh, it's nice that, uh, that Mr. and Mrs. Cl- uh, um, Weston, uh, Weston, uh, get along so well. That's nice. And that she's completely, you know, in on the whole you know, yeah. my husband's invisible and, you know, that sort of thing. I'm a brilliant scientist as well, apparently, although apparently not as brilliant as her husband. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I thought there was an interesting sequence in this where at the beginning we see, it, uh, the beginning of the flashback, I should say, not the beginning of the beginning, because the beginning of the beginning is the middle, which I hate, but okay. <laughs> um, he, he's jogging, right. right? And he comes home. And there's Kate, his wife, and he, you know, comes up behind her and he starts smooching her and they get all frisky and he wants to have sex. But she's like, you're going to be late for work and I'm going to oh, be late yeah. for work. And da, 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 da. and so he goes, yeah, all right, I'll take a shower and get on with it. And so then next shot, we see him driving all by himself to work mm-hmm. and he pulls in and he goes into the lab and there with her back turned to us is another woman mm-hmm. and he immediately walks up to her and he starts kissing her on the back and you go wow what an asshole yeah exactly 
Like, oh and my. she turns around and of course, and she, of course she's done her hair differently because she's at the lab and she right. turns around and it turns out it's his wife again, you know, transformed from Kate Weston to Dr. Weston. And I was just like, they really had to contrive that intentionally, right? I mean, why did he just not go to work with his wife in the same car? I mean, I know it's Los Angeles and it's the 70s, but seriously. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, maybe carpool. I don't know. Maybe there, she had to go pick up groceries on the way home or I don't know. <laughs> but she got out there way ahead and she said, well, you know, my boss is. He's, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's her boss. Yeah. Which exactly. is not good. But no. um, the way she implies it anyway. And, and I just it just like what was the what was the point of having them intentionally try to make us think that Weston was a two timer? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to put some, uh, you know, add some humor and some, uh, you know, um, the sexiness into the whole show. They definitely had a, more sexiness in this show, and I and I don't mean good sexiness, but because it wasn't. But they definitely had more talky talk sexiness. Yeah. In this, yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Like it, I said, the, the 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 husband and wife have a very good relationship. <laughs> it's healthy. In that respect, anyways, I don't know, work environment. I don't know, but uh, yeah. yeah, I did think the bit at the end where he says, "Oh, to go back and that was in this was it an improvised? Mm-hmm. Are you propositioning me? Yes, I've never been with an invisible man." And, <laughs> and there he's you like, go. "You turn the lights out, and you won't be able to tell the difference." It's like, okay, I'm going to admit this right now. If I had an invisible sexual partner, there is no way I would turn the lights out. I would, I would have to be able to see that, <laughs> right? I mean, well, at least a couple, couple curiosity. Times, sure. Yeah, you, sure. Your curiosity is too much. You just have to see that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Like uh, maybe, maybe have the lights out later on. But yeah, exactly. This, you know? this seems like a novelty that's not going to happen very often. No, <laughs> no. One of those things you just kind of have to. I, I don't feel like I'm being kinky. I just feel like. Ah, and you know scientific yeah. exploration that's what it yeah. is yeah <laughs> we must probe this phenomena and and move on but you uh, said it not me i did i did i did <laughs> and, and i had a horrible thought about a whole what what disappears and what doesn't yeah yeah okay no oh, no 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 all right <laughs> <laughs> um we did, we already talked about the fact that she was uh, upset at him for his absolutely irresponsible testing this procedure on himself. Yeah. Um, that was just, a, I mean, it fits with the era. You know, yes. I mean, it's yeah. David Banner. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I was like, gamma radiation myself. Ha <laughs> like, ha. Exactly. Was, exactly. You know, was that really a good plan? I, I can't, I can't have someone else take the risks. Therefore, I will do it myself. <laughs> it, it, they're trying to make it sound noble, but it's just incredibly irresponsible. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying it would be more responsible to have another person, but I'm thinking this would just, this is not the point where you need human, human testing. At that point, I think a whole lot more invisible and revisible rabbits. Yes. Not just one that the serum worked on once. Yeah, I didn't see if they had any more animals in their little cages. They did, but I didn't okay. see any more invisible ones. Well, how could you? Well, there'd be an empty cage. There was one empty cage, actually. <laughs> there you go. That was the monkey um, who was very, very upset about the whole thing. Wasn't going to talk about it. Eep, eep, eep. Exactly. I also like the fact that they made, they, they made mention... Again, it was an excuse to make it easier to put them in gloves, but I'm having trouble with my judging where objects are, mm-hmm. and I can't see my hand. Yeah, that was uh, surprisingly well thought out. <laughs> yeah, we need an excuse to put gloves on him, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was a good one. Yeah, it was it was a decent excuse. So I'm yep. I'm I'm relatively pleased with that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the blind guy, mm-hmm. the blind man. Um, you know, kindly old gentleman, uh, the the stranger in kind of forces his way on. Um, he seemed like such a nice guy. Uh, it did not go the way I expected it to. No, that was actually kind of surprising. 
I figured he would, you know, get the food and, you know, the whole bit, but I didn't didn't see that it was going to turn out that the blind guy was actually a bit more uh, uh, paranoid and street smart than uh, one would expect. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, well written in as much as he's like, why don't you go sit down in the big chair by the fire over there? Exactly. Yep. And he knew right where he was. Uh-huh. Um, however, I question the wisdom of a blind man owning a pistol and and firing it relatively wildly around his house. Well, uh, it'd be a good deterrent, and it's a great noisemaker that gets people who are trying to break into your place away. Is it a uh, great deterrent? If a blind man was waving a gun at you, would would? Well, if he didn't quite know it was if he was blind, or you know, maybe there was a good chance. That, you know, since he is blind and he's used to hearing where things are, you know, if you make a noise, then he can give you a pretty good estimation of where you are. And he's got, you know, six rounds in there at least. Yeah, he can get a lucky shot and kill you. I could see it. I I, I feel like it's going to be a lucky shot. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. And that that seems like the kind of thing that would just get you dead. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Depends on what type of thugs are in the would, area. Break in and steal an old man food. Uh, yeah, I I was expecting it to be kind of the the Frankenstein blind man, mm-hmm. right? You're the only person that can be sympathetic to me because you can't see what I look like. Exactly. That's where I thought it was going. That's why I mentioned Frankenstein before. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> not quite. Just just here to to get him shot and and on the road. A good reason to go to his buddy, the doctor. Hmm think he'd have a good reason anyways because of the whole dermaplex stuff but you know whatever didn't he didn't he say that that's where he was going to go in he did he said that's where he was going anyway oh okay but then he he needed to he was never been colder and hungrier in his life so then he tried breaking into a store and that didn't go well oh yeah and i'm thinking yeah, how off. did that not go well is it because an alarm went off yeah. What did you expect? Yeah, exactly. You're a freaking invisible man. <laughs> like, yeah, but he's a cold invisible man. I'm a cold invisible man. You break into the store, you take some food, you walk out uh, before the cops get there. Mm-hmm. If if they come along before you get too far away, you set the food down and wait. Yeah, exactly. And then leave. I I, I thought that was a little surprising. Also, there's lots of other ways he could have gotten food, you know, just stepped into an all-night restaurant and... Yep, just kind of lifted something, literally. Something off somebody's tray when they're not looking. Well, you know, he's he's newly invisible, so he's, you know, kind of disoriented and doesn't quite know, uh, you know, the, the, the practicality of his... his uh, new skill he's got and ah, plus scared, you know because he's invisible he's blind because light photons <laughs> don't bounce <laughs> off of his hand wave that one his eyes were coated with hand wavium ah right the, the, <laughs> when the light goes into his eyes they get inside and then they themselves become invisible which exactly is, the photons become invisible they become invisible photons which do in fact register on invisible photon uh-huh. receptors yeah there we go. Exactly. That's it. We've we've solved that one. All right. Yep. Uh, check that one off the list. Perfect science. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, Ged, uh, <laughs> do you have anything else? Mm. I um, I don't know that I do. No. I enjoyed it, but oh yeah, yeah. I, I um, it was a very different interpretation of the Invisible Man uh, from. The 1897 H.G. Wells novel, which, if I recall correctly, and it has been a while, I think the point behind the original Invisible Man is, uh, could be summed up with absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. And I seem to remember that. It's been a as, very long time. As he has become invisible, he begins to realize that he has a power that he that sets him above men and he just gets progressively more uh you could say insane but we could go with power mad yeah mad with power 
some interpretations they actually go like no he's 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 insane he the the serum drove him insane but i'm wondering if it's the serum or whether it's just the fact that you know if you had superpowers you you probably would you'd probably go bad uh, i mean based yeah. on normal human nature you'd probably just just kit Aggressively worth, but but luckily our hero is a very principled scientist who will not work for the military, therefore he will never go bad. He will always be the good guy. Right, Paragon but he will sure. subject himself to research before it's definitely time. Yeah, okay. he he will do that. So so he takes risks. Yes, he takes risks. Um, I am I am uh, I got nothing more. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it enough to, to kind of, you know, as I said before, read ahead a little bit. That was, you know, and, and so far, it's pretty good. You know, mm. Won't spoil it. no spoilers or anything. But uh, 12, 12 yeah, more good. episodes mm-hmm. uh, of the series. So it's not a long one. Um, I think that should tell you how it did in the ratings. Yes, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, the good news is that meant that he was able to go to Britain and do Sapphire and Steel. There you go. So, Which I've seen some episodes of, and it is a weird show. It, it is a weird <laughs> if show. If anybody yeah. hasn't seen it, you should go try and watch it. It's, it's, uh, it's different. It, it, it is different. Well, as, and we've done it the entire exactly. series here on Fusion Patrol. Yep. And uh, we enjoyed it thoroughly, though. Mm-hmm. But weird. Well, John, thank you for joining me. No, you're welcome. It's been fun. And listeners... Uh, I'd say I hope to see you next time, but... Uh, we know about those invisible photons. The invisible photons. So uh, I hope you'll join us all again next time <laughs> on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next time on Fusion Patrol, I hope you'll join me, Eugene. And me, Simon, as we discuss Buddy Boy from Nigel Neal's Beasts. And we are discussing Possession, Obsession and the sexual appeal of ghost dolphins. And... Yes. (laughs) Ghost dolphins. I hope you'll come join that conversation on Fusion Patrol.